Yeah, yeah, check one, two, check one, two. Is this mic on? Is this mic on? Hey, listen, man. It's the one and only trendsetter DJ Sense, and you're listening to Cocktails. Dirty Discussions with Kiki and Medina Monroe. Yeah. Today's cocktail is called a hottie thotty. The ingredients you need for a hottie thotty is two parts Jim Beam Black, one part honey, two parts fresh lemon juice, a fourth cup of hot water, and a lemon peel. So this is how you're going to make a hottie thotty. You're going to put the bourbon, honey, and lemon juice in a six-ounce mug, top it off with hot water, and stir until honey is dissolved. Garnish with that lemon peel, girl. It's a hottie thotty. You guys, before we get started, I want to say welcome back to Cocktails. And also, Kiki is not feeling well today. She doesn't have a voice. It is not COVID-19 related. She's having some just some strong allergy issues. So she couldn't speak. She's here with us in spirit. Uh, Y'all wish Kiki to get better. So today is just me and a very special guest. Her name is Rhonda Finling. Hey, hey. So excited to be here. How are you doing? doing? We, y'all, Rhonda and I had some technical difficulties trying to set up today's <laughs> recording, but we got it together. So let me give y'all a quick little background. So, um, Rhonda went viral on social media in a video with Offset. I ended up seeing it and everybody was, I was like, that's my neighbor, bro. Like, I know that lady. So Rhonda is an author, a psychotherapist, and a rapper. <laughs> you got some bars, Rhonda? Do it right now? I'll start. Oh, do you have some bars you can spit right now? One or don't text that man. It's your choice. Oh, let's do a, let's just do a snippet of don't okay. text that man. If you want to hear his voice and he hurt you bad, don't text that man. Don't text that man. I know you're going to say that you love him, true, but I don't buy that bullshit. Do your friends do you? Count one, two, three, four to give you that time to close the door because if he's hurt you bad, you got to stay away. You know, these fucked up guys, they just want to play. They sit, it goes on and on. <laughs> That's a snippet. <laughs> oh, you know what? Don't text that man. And it's crazy because like the universe brought us together because I was upstairs That's one day right. on our rooftop. I was working and this sad song came on. And I started, my eyes started to get juicy. I was about to cry and I was about to text 68 Bay. Y'all know who 68 Bay is. He did me dirty on my birthday last year. I need to don't text that man. I was about to text him. And then in my mind, this is before I knew Rhonda. I was like, don't text him. I go downstairs. I'm about to go inside. I see her in her hallway. And she's like, excuse me, young lady. Could you please come into my apartment and help me? <laughs> she needed me to help her do something. It was like, move a box. And I was like, of course, I'll come. I go, I'm helping her move the box. We start talking. She tells me, She's an author. She writes a book called Don't Text That Man. Then I told her my story. Y'all, it was just crazy because then we just started talking about the men in our lives that have hurt us. And even though we have an age difference, we were sh some of our stories were very like similar. Um, so today we'll talk a little bit about like letting go of men and, you know, removing them from your life if you know that they're causing you heartache. But before we do that, Rhonda... Mm -hmm. I am curious to know, tell our listeners a little bit of everything that you do, the books that you've written, what type of therapist you are. Well, I'm an everyday therapist. Um, I don't really have a specialty um, in terms of, I've seen uh, couples, uh, families, teenagers, children, adults, mm -hmm. but 
I wrote a book in the 90s called Don't Call That Man. And I got on all these talk shows. And I, that became a specialty only because and when it got published by Hyperion, uh, thousands, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, like so many people were calling me to have consultations. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I quit my job. I was a staff therapist at Postgraduate Center for Mental Health in Manhattan. Oh, you was making yeah, that. Yeah, I just quit my job. Like, I had so many clients. Now. I didn't have time for a regular staff therapist job. And I started seeing people in mm -hmm. the city and also in Queens. And my whole specialty became all the people who were trying to detach from somebody that they were either they the person broke up with them and they were trying to let go of them or they thought they were not in a good relationship and they wanted to detach from the person. So in either case. Were most of those people women? Most of them were women, although I do sometimes get men clients as well who are in some kind of pain going through uh, a breakup, mm -hmm. but it was primarily women, I will say that. Uh, no, it's not, just, it's not that women have the problem more than men. Simple. It's just that women are more open to therapy. And also I know from being, uh, I have seven books, although four of them are about uh, relationships mm -hmm. and getting over people, whatever. But, um, as a public, as a, um, author, men just don't buy the book. Cause I did write a book. I showed you the book. It's called how to stop being your own cock blocker. Mm -hmm. And it was a great book <laughs> and mm -hmm. men would tell, Oh, that looks so I great, but they right weren't here. buying it. So I, uh, <laughs> we're bringing it back. <laughs> men were not buying we're bringing book. it back. How to stop being your own cock blocker on cocktails. <laughs> Every Monday, we are giving you new bonus content. Turn up. Take a listen. I guess because I'm a hoe, bitch. <laughs> but I love me a little vodka soda lime. I like how you threw them cherries well, in there, Let me ask baby. you a question. Do you think I'm a hoe? Yes. Honestly, um, for someone who goes on four uh -uh, dates a uh -uh, week uh -uh. and loves to spend time with strangers um, and dips and dabbles into different but you just know, because i go on a date that sexual partner fucking let's be clear but but you but you have fun no those four well. dates i went on last except for my ex we i okay I, this was I, why'd i ask you this <clears throat> it's you know i say all my friends mm -hmm. is home yeah and you know and, and if we really gonna talk about it uh again since this is bonus content i want y'all to know how upset i am that I not only wore my mask in Mexico and got COVID, but Medina was out there kissing on oh couples God. and making out with people and letting them know that she was available. Um, okay, so Rhonda, this game, it gets a little bit into your dating life, into your, you know, it just gets a little bit into life. It's called Have You Ever. So Kiki and I have both just come up with a list of questions and you'll just answer yes, you have or no, you have never done this before. Some of our questions are a little okay. wild. Don't okay. be alarmed. Okay, so the first one. Have you ever had a sugar daddy? Not really. No. What do you mean <laughs> not really? It's either a hard yes or a well, hard you know, no. When I was younger, in my 20s, a lot of guys they would want to pay for things, but I never had an, like one person and he was my sugar daddy. Maybe just guys to take me to like beautiful places or something or, you know. Oh, so you wasn't giving him no sugar. That's what you're saying. He was. It just, it just, I wouldn't call it a sugar. I just wouldn't call a man. I never had a man who was a sugar daddy. So I'll say no hard. I'll say hard. No. Okay. So no. never had a sugar daddy. 
Would you, were you, would you be open to no, having a sugar not. daddy? <laughs> You're like, I can do it on my I'm own. a feminist. I can't. I've, I've, okay. I think when we talked personally, I told you that I've never been bankrolled by a man. I've never had ma- man to pay for mm-hmm. uh, my college, my graduate school, nothing. So I'm used to always paying for myself. Well, I don't mean when I'm dating, I want a man to pay for me. I'm still a, I'm still a girl. You know, I want a guy to show me that he uh, cares mm-hmm. about me. So it's nice to be cared for. But I want to be, um, I don't want to have to owe somebody something that they did something for me. And now I'm obligated, you know, because of financial exchange. I will give up that sugar for a daddy. <laughs> okay, number two. Have you ever been cheated on? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, haven't oh, we all? Yes. Like, why did I even put that on there? We, I'm probably currently getting cheated on. Okay, three. Have you ever cheated? You know what? I am. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God. I was going to say, I'm a loyal person, but you know what? I actually, when I did a lot of wild stuff when I was much younger, in my, in my, I would say early 20s. I definitely, yeah, I did. That's a hard yes. That's <laughs> a hard yes. I, I definitely have cheated. I've cheated more times than not. I am. I say it all the time. I am a cheater. I'm working on that. Um, okay. Have you ever been a side chick? Yes. 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 You have? How do you think I accumulated so much was knowledge even- to write all these books? I mean, I didn't like, I, I mean, I had to go through so many things to accumulate all this knowledge. And then mm-hmm. I would just psychoanalyze the whole thing, everything that happened to me and the men and my behavior. And then I would write books. So I did my own research. I did so field work. Let me, let me, let me ask you something because me and one of my girlfriends were having this conversation. Do you like being a side chick better than the main chick? No, I'm very bad at it. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I, I, You're yeah, horrible I at being a side chick. From being a side chick. <laughs> I get in trouble all the time. What do you think makes you a bad side chick? I end up getting demanding. Oh, uh, you don't play your role no, well. I'm too demanding. I'm, I don't think I've ever been involved with a married man. I think maybe I may have been, and I didn't know he was married. It's possible. But consciously, with all the mm-hmm. knowledge, you know, knowing... Uh, up front, I've never been involved with the married. My, that's always like my limit because I'm just too possessive. I don't mean I'm not a possessive person, but I don't like the idea of some man going to be with me and then go home to some other woman. It just makes me really angry. So you were saying you were a side chick in the sense of he wasn't married, but he had a girlfriend. He may have been like he was seeing. This is also such a long time ago. It was different, sort of back then. But even the, I mean, like we would maybe be seeing different people. And then maybe the other woman took more priority than me. So it wasn't like his girlfriend per oh, se. Yeah, he was definitely and a side I was a big secret. But definitely she was like seeing him on Saturday nights or something and on the weekend. And I, he was seeing me during the week. And you only got to see yeah, him like, on Monday Yeah, but it wasn't like night, it was a big, yeah. super serious, committed relationship on their part. So in that sense, I have my okay. standards. Okay, that's definitely a side <laughs> chick situation. Okay, okay, okay. Two more questions. Have you ever had a threesome? You know, I talked about that. No, I have not. It's really not on my bucket list. I don't know. I'm just really. I'm not, I'm not attracted to women sexually. I'm only interested in men sexually. So why am I going to have a th- like? Don't you have to be attracted to the woman to have the sex? You know. I would say. I would say to have a successful yeah. threesome, the women should be attracted to women. Oh, or else and, then, it's just and there's weird. another reason. This is even more important than that because I'm a good actress. So maybe I could, uh, you know, I mm-hmm. could still, you know, get into the part if I really want to. This is the big reason. I would not be able to tolerate, oh my God, seeing some guy that I really care about 
having sex with some woman in front of me. I'm supposed to just watch him like fuck some woman. I mean, that would be like, like, <laughs> like, like a nightmare. That's, that'd be I a nightmare. think that it's sexy. I'm actually Seeing into the that. guy that you care about and he's having sex with a woman. Oh my God. I think mean, it's I'd never be like, been someone like, that I've been. It. I'd be like, stop it. <laughs> I would like start here. <laughs> Get off. <laughs> It would be Rhonda being there fighting. Okay, last one, Rhonda. Have you ever been a sugar mom? I would say a sugar mom because you know me with the cougaring thing. But no, um, that's not like a sugar mama is. It, it doesn't have to be a cougar. You've been like you was paying for stuff for a man. He was like, baby, I, I need a new watch. I need a new. Oh no, new no, socks. never. And you're like, no, I got you, baby. No, I have really good boundaries with money when it comes to men. I may have bad boundaries with men in other areas when it comes to money. No, I don't. I won't do it. You said, uh, uh, I am not. If a man, I don't I care am how. Not like, no, I just, it really upsets me. Like, it's like the thing I just said before. Like, I couldn't tolerate watching a man I care about having sex with a woman. And I couldn't tolerate the idea of, um, like, I gave money to this guy and then he went into, I don't know. I, I see some things I just can't tolerate. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm not yeah. going to tolerate. And um, yeah, there are a lot of things that I am not going to tolerate. Okay, so that was our little game. Have you ever? Um, thank you for playing that with us, Rhonda. Oh, I wanted to back up really quick this and is, let everyone know. Like I quickly like mentioned a, that you- It's like a therapy session, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm having therapy. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking about my life. Oh, I love I'm that. talking about myself. Um, <laughs> so you guys, Rhonda's brother is Offset's attorney and Cardi B's attorney. And I think that's super dope. That's how she went viral with Offset. I, I forgot to mention that. Like she made a remix to Bodak Yellow and she was singing it with Offset. Somebody recorded it and it literally went viral on the internet. I thought it was so funny because he was probably looking at you like, how does this lady know the song? Honestly. Well, I, 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 I want, she really rapping too. I just, I'm, I think that I should explain that he's their criminal lawyer and not their uh, entertainment lawyer. So people don't think, you know, like see that that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a big difference between a criminal lawyer and an entertainment lawyer. He's every, he's like every rapper, not every, but he's a lot of the rappers in Atlanta. He's their criminal. That guy who just, um, very unfortunate got shot, uh, King Vaughn, he was his criminal lawyer too. He's, yeah. Wow. So, um, he's, you know, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, sad. I really need to meet your brother because I need him to introduce me to Drake. I mean, that's my husband. So we need to work on that. I don't know if he's, you know what it is? Like, he's not their entertainment lawyer. So it's like, I hope Drake didn't get in trouble. If he didn't get in trouble. Oh, it's like, if he's working with Drake, <laughs> no, it's, it's like, Drake oh, what did he do? <laughs> Y'all are out here. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. So let's dive into Don't Text okay. That Man, Rhonda. <sighs> what is, a, it's called Don't Text That Man, A Guide to Self-Protective Dating in the Age of Technology. What is self-protective dating? What do you mean by that? It's taking care of yourself, having boundaries, uh, trying not to get hurt, having um, you know self-esteem. It's like basically just taking care of yourself and protecting yourself from not getting hurt, if that's possible. Because you know, yeah. And honestly, 
how are we supposed to do that? I'm asking for me because I have a hard time when I do meet men and whether it turns into a relationship or we're just dating, how the fuck am I supposed to protect myself? Because I use my whole heart. I use my whole heart when I care. So what what are some tips to self-protective dating? It's it's a really hard uh, line. To, it's like it's like you're sort of sort of skating uh, or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to like ba- balance uh, because when you do love somebody, mm-hmm. you are going to become vulnerable. It's part of the, uh, the, even when you just like, yeah, there's like a vulnerability to it. And it's part of the enjoyment of, I think being in a relationship or liking somebody, having a crush on somebody is you make yourself vulnerable, but then the bad, the negative mm-hmm. side to it is that you can get hurt because when you make yourself vulnerable, it's possible that if the person does something like rejects you in any way or just does some, anything kind of rejecting kind of behavior, you may get feel injured and damaged. And that pain is very bad. I mean, it can be traumatizing. Some people, they don't even date because they don't want to get traumatized from the pain. I feel like I should probably be one of those people that doesn't want to date because you're going to get traumatized from the pain of these men taking your feelings and putting them in a blender and literally making it into a smoothie so they can <laughs> drink it and use it for their pre-workout. You know, the whole, the whole um, thing, though, is it depends. If, if it's important to you to be in a relationships and explore relationships, you just have to learn how to recover from the trauma. So I think that's what my books are really about, is how to recover from the trauma of something bad happening or painful happening from a relationship. So I'm the kind of person, like in my life, um, I always say I have the soul of an artist. And I always want to take risks mm-hmm. sometimes and get involved with situations. And I know maybe not the most healthiest functional relationship, but I'll maybe want to experience it. I find the man very attractive or I have this great connection with this guy knowing that there may not be a future and I don't care sometimes. I mean, not maybe so much now, but I was younger, especially. You're like, I don't care. care. I I would experience this. Because I have a soul of an artist. Like I want to write it. I want to see what it's like. This is like, like, this is my life. I just want to, if I want to feel passion with Mm -hmm. this guy, and I don't even mean sexual passion. I even mean romantic passion or, you know, that intense connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. So I want to feel it. And then I know, though, if it doesn't work out, I know how to get over it. And it's not easy, but it's if you it's, you know, it's a it's a toss up. I mean, or turn like a toss up. It's like you either don't experience life and then you won't get hurt or you experience life and you may get hurt and you have to mm-hmm. try to know how to recover. I totally agree with that. I think that's where, that's how a lot of my heartache comes about. I don't really, I don't take things slow. I think that I kind of have a 50-50 soul of an artist. Like I definitely like to feel things. I want to experience so many things. And when I meet a man and I, and, and it's like this story, every time I meet men, it's like this storybook meeting. It's like, passion before we've even had sex and then it ends up being like we do all of these um intimate things in one night in one night of meeting each other it's like i met a guy in greece and i met him on tinder and while tinder's supposed to just be like a hookup app i met this man we went on this beauty and the beast type date we skipped on cobblestone i mean it was like a Mm -hmm. storybook he he could barely speak english but we could tell by each other's body language that we were so interested in each other we rode on his little motorcycle he took me to his parents cafe we drank vino and we i mean it was so incredible and i was like i should probably slow down i could get kidnapped i probably shouldn't take him to my hotel room and fuck him but that's exactly what i did and it was a great experience i never spoke to him again i wish he would have been my husband but he wasn't 
I have a lot of experiences like that because I like to feel that passion, but it does lead to a lot of heartache. <laughs> it also depends. <laughs> and I, unfortunately, I don't be knowing how to get over it. I'm not a bitter mm-hmm. woman and I know how to move past, but I hold on. I do hold on. Like maybe they'll but come Medina, back. But Medina, you have gotten over it. I mean, because you do move on. I mean, maybe it feels like you aren't, but you are moving on. That you're not sitting around mm-hmm. in your apartment and just not going out and just thinking about the guy from Greece. Like you have moved on to other men. Not the guy from Greece, but six eight bay. Yeah. Well, but I are mean, you still like literally sitting around not doing anything and thinking about it, or are you doing seeing? I'm excessively dating. So that's moving on in a way. I mean, <laughs> look, it takes it takes people sometimes <laughs> a long time to get over somebody. I mean, I'm I'm a very slow healer, so I may how can i say that i may seem like it's i uh, i'll get over a person but like there'll still be lingering thoughts about them or i'll have to write about them Mm -hmm. i have to create art over them i have to write a book about them so that's my way of working it through but it could i mean i can be working on different projects over the years over one person but it's like every year that's passing they become more and more of a distant memory yeah, irrelevant. but it's, it would may take me a very long time. Do these men that you write books about, do they know that you're writing about them? Because I, I would send them a book. I'd be like, here you go. No, I mean. Read it. I, I think that they have a general idea, but you know what? I think a lot of the guys that I've been involved with are too narcissistic to think that I would write about them. <laughs> That's not me. I'm not fucked up like that. Um, And also, i have you ever had a man reach out and be upset? Like, hey, is this about me? You know, they've never done that. I think that, oh, this is funny though. Oh, like around, uh, I think after Don't Call That Man came out, I did, uh, somebody, some man reached out to me from when I was in my early 20s and we went out for a day just to you know, see what, how our lives turned out or whatever. And then he saw, I, th- I gave him the copy of Don't Call That Man. And he was, I went, I don't know, something, I went to the laser room and he was looking through it and he saw the description of the men that I would get involved with who maybe were like my father. I don't know, psychoanalyzing myself in it. And so he's driving me home and he said, I'm really sorry that I, like, because I know, like, that was, you were describing, I'm like, um, no boyfriend. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of like he was one of the guys that I did not write about. You know, he was just some guy I dated. Oh, and he thought he that he was like a topic yeah, of discussion. I, I like, he, he was sir. not one of the men that had a hard time. Like when the thing was over with him, like I forgot about him a week later. You know, he wasn't one of those. It was like, like, I don't even, what's your name? I know. I was like, oh, don't flatter yourself. Um, I told him too. He didn't even know. This is like he's a million don't. years later. I said, while well, I was seeing you, I was seeing somebody else. And he's who I was writing about. Like that, I was thinking about that guy. He didn't even know. I was such a player in my early twenties. Um, Rhonda, are you are you dating now? Right now, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not dating anybody right now. First of all, I'm scared to death of getting uh, COVID nineteen. I'm very, I'm, I'm very You're better um, than me, intense. girl. I'm on four <laughs> dates. Two weeks ago, I went on four dates in one week. <laughs> well, you think? But I'm COVID free. Well, that's good. You know, because you really have to be. Careful. What was dating like? By the way, like are you dating like um, back in oh, your wait, day? Are you dating through the Zoom thing? Or are you actually going in person to see them in person? Oh no, no, no. I'm go- I'm actually going wow. on the dates. I can't I don't think I would be able to sit through a Zoom date. I would be bored. I do you like sitting far doing social distancing or no? Oh uh, no. But okay, I have been good. tested for COVID and I'm I don't have it. Okay. Well still be careful. I mean you know. I will. I will, Mom. <laughs> we only have a few more months to go, then we'll be, you know, uh, take the vaccine and then you're, you're good to go. 
Um, what was asked? You asked me about the difference so, between dating back in the day and dating now. Yeah, dating back in the day to dating now, since we do have all of this technology and it, it men have every woman at their, you know, they can just text or swipe or you just have access to so many things. You can get instant sex, instant connections. I mean, any type of way. What was it like well, back then before all the, the social the media? The big and difference everything? between now and then is the whole thing, uh, technology, the texting. Like, for instance, if you were dating a guy who um, had, if, like, he was a, like a shy guy and um, and was afraid to go out to meet you or go on a date. He had no choice. If you were a man and you wanted any kind of attention mm-hmm. from a woman, any kind of contact, you had to get out of the house and go to a club or you had to go on a date, you know, and now guys, you know, that they, a man who has severe social problems can actually have relationships with women through the, uh, the sexting and the texting and all this like carrying mm-hmm. on. So there are so many men who have severe issues who are, who are, who are engaging in different kinds of relationships with women. And none of that existed back in my day. You really had to, to um, like, you had to have real contact with people. You had to leave the house. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to upgrade your playroom this Black Friday, look no further. Peaches and Mangoes is an online adult retailer that spreads sex positivity with their expressive clothing and a curated collection of the top sex toys on the market. They're owned and operated by a black active duty military couple who believes that people should use sex toys to explore their pleasure and feel comfortable expressing their sexual nature freely. They even offer exclusive novelty merchandise. Stay updated on new releases by following them on Instagram and Twitter at PeachesXMangoes and subscribe to their email list by visiting their site www.peachesmangos.com use code cocktail 15 so would you say that back then like dating when you met someone you really got to know who they really were right now people can fake it for real until you fall deeply well you know the one the disadvantage though is we didn't have social media so it maybe equals up because we didn't know a lot about like now you can just go find out about somebody or or Mm -hmm. just i don't know somehow you can like look people up even if they don't have an account you can just google them or you can just go crazy with trying to figure somebody out but back then there was no way i mean people were more anonymous so it it equals out in that sense um Mm -hmm. So when you were dating, what what has dating been like for you? Really, like in each phase of your life, where you some people just have a they have bad experiences dating. Some people have great experiences dating. I'd like to say that I have really great experiences dating. My heart be getting broken with relationships, but as far as like dating and meeting men, I have great dates. What was dating like for you? I had different phases too. Um, When I went to graduate school in Chicago, it was the first time I lived in a city. So I remember I used to want guys, that's why I mean, yes, for the sugar daddy thing. It wasn't a sugar daddy, but I would try, I would call, a friend of mine called it dating for males. Like we would try to get them to take us to like, yeah. Dating for like meals? Get, oh, I've been there, girl. Um, to, um, get them to take us to the play. In those days, the Playboy Club, you couldn't get into it. Like you needed a, a key. I mean, not, you, know, you had to have a membership. Mm-hmm. So we'd get guys to take us to the Playboy Club. I had a roommate, like, you know, like the women were just like, we could care less about the guys. We were just trying to get to go to all the fancy restaurants. And, um, and I got a guy to, you know, Two guys and came back to New York, taking me to Studio 54. I couldn't get into Studio 54, you know, without standing online, you know. It was just like, you would want, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I sort of see what you're saying. I'd want to go on really good dates, like get them to tell. So you were popping. I was popping, popping. back in the day. 
<laughs> That's why I'm burnt out. So, so I'm curious to know. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you said I'm burnt out. And we were talking about, I don't think I'll ever oh, no, get burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? I haven't been your age. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, there's no way I'm burning out. No. And then it's just life, you know, life really takes a, look what's going on with the, the this, you know, the whole uh, pandemic thing. I mean, life will just, you know, I can't explain it. Life will have its way with you sometimes. Like you'll think that you'll have your way with life and life will just be like, you know, I don't want to be pessimistic, yeah. but I feel you, you go through things and it just, um, you know, I'm... it's you, um, life can be very, I mean, it can be very rewarding. It can be very exhausting too. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Especially with these men. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Husband, if you are out there, if you got stuck in quicksand, please send me the signal. I will come help you. I'm curious to know, Rhonda, tell me your best and worst. One best date, one worst date. I'll start with the worst and I'll throw the best. I was... I hope it's the one that you told me about. Oh, the the worst date? I just thought of... The worst, the worst date. date, honestly, I thought of something else I didn't tell you, but I think I should tell you. I went on a date with this guy and I guess we were fooling around and I just decided, I just really wasn't that attracted to him and feel any kind of real emotional connection. It was just a date. It was a guy I went out with and he got mad and he wouldn't let me out of the car. He locked the door. It was like frightening. You know, it was very frightening that he wouldn't oh. let me out. It was, you know, so it could have led to something very serious. Well, so that was like the worst date. I mean, it's like a horror show. But tell the other words, because that was really funny. Oh, the, the pipes? The, the glass pipes? Oh. Yeah. It really wasn't the worst date, though. But I'll tell you the story. But it wasn't the... Definitely but wasn't, the, was like a, I really liked that guy. He was fun. I actually saw him after that. It wasn't the worst date. There was this guy that I met. He was a really fun guy. I lived in Queens. He was a Queens guy. He was really nice. Um, he was really cute. And um, so we decided... I don't know. We met each other. I don't remember. It's just like a normal place. And we talked. We said... He called me. It was everything was normal. Called me up. Don't forget, it's a long time ago. This is like we're talking about the '80s, and in those days, you call mm-hmm. a woman up, not texting. Call a woman up, you ask her out. You know, okay. And he came to my apartment outside, and I was gonna be. We're gonna go after have a drink in a bar. And he's. I don't know how what how he started, but he said, "Oh, I." He said he had some stuff. Um, like I was hard for him to walk. And I'm like, what's going on with you? And he lifted up his pants and he had the glass pipes for uh, cocaine, like free basin cocaine. They were all in his pants. And I was looking, I didn't know what they were. I wanted like, glass <laughs> crack, in his pants. Rhonda. Not, not, That's not crack in that area, cocaine. but in the legs. They were glass and everything. Was, and then he explained it to me about, about free. In those days, there was no such word as crap. It was a free basin cocaine. Mm-hmm. That was when Richard Pryor's hair went on fire from free basin. So everybody knew about it from his hair going on fire. <laughs> And so he explained to me that was free, uh, this for free based cocaine and he explained the whole thing to me. Were you scared? <clears throat> I don't remember being, I was very fearless. Uh, I mean, I think that I had too much, um, like what's the word? I don't know. I have, I think I have good instincts. Um, like mm-hmm. I knew that that guy was, he just, he was looking, you know what, honestly, he was looking for, he was, he, he was divorced and he was living back home with his parents mm-hmm. until I guess he got his own place and he needed a place to go to crack. Uh, well, now it's called crack. He needed a place to go free base. So I was, he didn't use me for sex. He used me to, to have a place, a, a space to go free base. <laughs> I let him come upstairs. And you were like, upstairs. he's a good guy. I let him come
I'm upstairs. <laughs> he does crack, but he's he a great nice. guy. Okay, best date. Tell me your best date. I don't really, since we talked about it, I've been thinking about it. I'm going to go with that story that I told you that, um, and this was, this was not very recent, but this was in my recent history that uh, there was somebody mm -hmm. that I knew um, well, I actually met in person, but then we both lived in two different cities. Mm -hmm. So we, after we met, we continued to have a long distance relationship and it just grew from the different circumstances in our life. It grew a very romantic and, um, we finally decided I, I'm, the, I'm a big traveler and like, I'll just go top mm -hmm. on a plane and, you know, we talked about it, right? I'll have a plane, go visit somebody. So I decided mm -hmm. I was going through a really a bit of a hard time my personal life had nothing to do with him so i said you know what that's it like let's just finally um you know get together so um i went to see him and we met up in a um in a bar in a i mean i was waiting for him in a hotel beautiful hotel and mm -hmm. we had had at that point a really intense emotional connection and so when i finally and he was a little bit late and I always remember when he showed up. I mean, I'll never forget it. I'm gonna start crying. Are you about to cry? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, it was like so fucking romantic. It's like, it was like a prince. Like I felt like he looked like a prince, you know, and he was- Cause did he have on a prince suit? <laughs> Although we loved Prince, the uh, singer, but he didn't look like Prince. <laughs> He just looked so handsome, you know, and I was so happy. To, I was so happy to see him. I just literally, I literally ran into his arms. I literally ran into his arms. So it was like a Disney movie. It was movie. like a movie. It was like a, a romantic movie. And then, then we, you know, <laughs> later we actually like consummated our friendship and it was so intense because we already had a relationship before we, we were sexual for the first time. So that was very unusual. It's like mm -hmm. unusual for me. And I think for a lot of people nowadays, unless they're very religious people, most people have sex very quickly. So due to the long distance thing and the, you know, uh, we already had, it's very unusual for me to have like an intense emotional connection and then have sex the first time when you already have the connection. Mm -hmm. It was, um, so that's my, definitely my best date. Cause it was just, it was like so fucking romantic. Mm -hmm. I, that, I, I love great dates. Um, speaking of people having sex very uh, quickly, it, it made me think of something because um, I've been talking about this a lot with different friends, having sex very quickly. And I myself have been trying to stop. But I'm curious to know, I have had a lot of casual sex in my life. And lately I've been wondering, like, I wonder if this is normal because my sister doesn't do that. And my mom wasn't like that. And so I'm wondering if I am a hoe. And I wanted to know when you were younger, did you have a lot of casual sex? Like, was that normal for you? Or were you the girl that was like, you gonna have to work to get this, or I'm gonna wait 90 days. I have a lot of like mixed feelings about it now. Looking back on my life, I think I did sleep with guys too quickly. Um, especially like when I just told you this story, let me tell you, that was a learning experience for me. Cause that was like life put me in the position to have to wait uh, and then have that sexual experience with somebody I had such an intense connection to. That was a learning experience. And I think like mm -hmm. if I learn that later on and I can jump into a time machine, 
I think a lot of the guys I did sleep with so quickly, I don't think I would have slept with them now because now I know what it felt like. It's like so mm -hmm. different when you have sex with somebody mm -hmm. and yeah, you're sexually attracted to them, but there's no connection or a little connection than when you really have feelings for somebody and then have sex. So I think um, I did sleep with, and also it's a different time era. In my, that time era was mm -hmm. uh, sort of the sexual revolution, like it was really starting. I mean, it was after the pill and then the disco era and people did, all my friends, after the what? It was like the disco era where like people. You said like, after the okay, pill, the, pill though, after the, the birth, the birth control, control pill? pill came out in the sixties and then everybody started sleeping mm -hmm. with, you know, the women became more independent. Like they could now have sex with men and not have babies. Oh, they were like, you can't, yeah, get, you can't pregnant, get pregnant. So women just, just having sex when they felt like, cause they didn't worry about pregnancy. And then it went from that to women just starting to just own that. And they weren't like, okay, no, I have to. Now they just, it was just like part of life. Like if you wanted to have sex with the guy, you could have sex and mm -hmm. not get pregnant. So I just, a lot. That's crazy to think of a time <laughs> when there wasn't birth control, birth control pills. I just never have really yeah. thought about that. Like, cause in my lifetime, there's always been preventatives. Yeah, it was, I think maybe mine was the first generation of women who just didn't have to worry about it anymore. Like there was all different kinds of birth control. I'm glad I wasn't in that generation because I would have been pregnant. No, no, my generation times. is when you, one you didn't have to worry about children. it anymore. The generation before, I mean, like you would, but mine was the first generation that that was it. Like you don't have to worry. Like it wasn't just the pill. There was the diaphragm. There was the uh, IUD. I can't remember. Yeah, IUD. It was like now it's like you can just go to your gynecologist and you can get birth control and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think that a lot, a lot of my women friends were, we were all just having a lot of sex. <laughs> Did you ever wonder if you were a hoe? I... I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think about my life. I honestly, when we talked about the whole thing with us, uh, like the three ways and all that, I just really like having sex. With, I mean, mm -hmm. maybe not, I don't know what's going on now, but back in the day, there were just so many hot looking guys around. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know. And I was, I was very attractive and men want to have sex with me too. So I could just go into a bar and like pick who I wanted if I want to have, you know, I mean, young woman. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I used to like to have sex with guys and it was, I don't know. I so mean, do I. I don't, look, Hey, look, it's not oh, to be ashamed way, okay, of. You didn't have to worry yeah. about um, getting pregnant, but you didn't have to worry about um, HIV. There was no AIDS. It didn't, it didn't exist. So you didn't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could, you know what? It's really just like a lifestyle. Like I said, I have a soul of an artist. I think as an mm -hmm. artistic person, I just wanted to explore these feelings. But um, some mm -hmm. women did not, they didn't do that. They really, there were women in my life, or women that I knew later on, looking back on their lives, they're like mm -hmm. what you're describing. They would, um, they waited, they wanted a relationship. Like that was, they didn't care mm -hmm. about their sexual attractions or this, that. They just wanted to have, they just wanted to be a relationship with and the sexuality part was sort of like the side thing. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I really don't even have an answer for, I'm very, very confused about that myself about, I guess I lived my life in, you know, like the Frank Sinatra song. I did it my way. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't think, I, know I don't think right. there's a right or wrong answer because I think each journey, yes, it's like each you. journey, there's something like good about it. You know, like I got a, you know, I know mm -hmm. women who they only have sex with a few guys and they're my age, but I slept with a lot of guys. I'm not afraid to say, ashamed to say it anymore now. And so I had all those experiences in life that they didn't have, you know, and that's so honestly, that is why mm -hmm. I was able to write these books because I did have a lot of, I have a lot of experience with men 
And um, those women mm -hmm. did, but then they never had to go through the traumas that you and I are talking about. They, um, mm -hmm. they didn't experience maybe all that heartbreak of when it didn't last or, you know, the next day and, you know. Speaking of um, experiencing the heartache and the heartbreak, moving on to letting go of a relationship, which so many people have a hard time sometimes doing. Have you ever been involved with a man that you just could not let go? I mean, I'm talking about even sometimes now, today, you're like, dang, I wonder what it would have been like with Henry. I think everybody is. I've spoken to so many people, including men who've been married a zillion years, who say they still think about somebody mm -hmm. from their past. People like, like you wouldn't think would be thinking about, like they'd have grown ass children, you know, uh, who are, and, and mm -hmm. they're still thinking about somebody from a million years ago. So I just think everybody's like that a little bit. And what is that? Like the therapist, Rhonda, what, what is that? Like I have a person that I can't let go of no matter what happens. I even feel like if I get married and, and have kids, I'm going to be wishing that those were his babies. What is that? Why is it hard to sometimes let go when it really is over? I think because, well, it depends also on the relationship. I mean, sometimes we have an intense connection to somebody. By the way, the, to go back to the other thing, one of the bad, the, the bad thing about the sexual part, it does bond you to somebody. So it could just also be mm -hmm. you're having sex with a person and that makes you feel connected to them. Um, it's just in general, I mean, the way our brain is programmed is to bond with people. If we didn't bond with people, there would be no civilization because then we wouldn't procreate. Mm -hmm. So our brains are organized mm -hmm. to want to stay, to attach to people and stay attached. So it's almost painful to detach in a like physiological way. Mm -hmm. In your years of therapy, have you noticed that women have a harder time detaching as opposed to men? Because I feel like men can detach like, it, even if y'all were in love, I feel like men could be like, oh, it's over. Oh, it's over. I'm on to the next and bye. Well, we are making a lukewarm bath and listening to Beyonce. I think men have bathtub. a hard time detaching also, but they uh, use their sexuality to, they have sex with different women to, as a way of moving through it. So maybe it's easier for them to just go and have sex with somebody else and not feel these feelings of, um, oh, you know, it's like, I remember back in the days we're talking about if I was going through a breakup and I slept with some guy just to get over some guy, I would, one time I remember I started crying. The guy was so insulted. He was like having sex with me and I wasn't crying because I had a passion. I was crying because I missed my boyfriend. I know he was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? He was probably I, like, I missed my boyfriend so much. I was having what? sex with some guy. I started crying. So I'm not, you know, women aren't, like a guy I think can, I'm making a generalization too. I mean, some men may dispute this with me. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they wouldn't be able to have an erection or something. I don't know. Maybe it would it would somehow, uh, you know, manifest in their sexuality. But in general, you know that expression, mm -hmm. like they think with their penises. I think in that case, they may be able to detach mm -hmm. from their feelings, have sex, enjoy the sex, and then walk away from it. And that's, let's say they're going through a breakup mm -hmm. with Nancy and they're upset about Nancy mm -hmm. and they'll go and have sex with Susan and enjoy the sex with Susan and maybe even thinking about Nancy, but then they walk away from Susan feeling, mm -hmm. okay, that was good. They're not going to start crying like I did, you know, and that'll mm -hmm. help them not think about Nancy anymore because they just, I don't know, whatever goes on with men after they have sex, like release some of their attachment or their feelings. 
And I think they also, they do distract themselves with sport. I mean, this sounds so, oh, it's like I'm stereotyping them, but it really is true. There's this one other thing I want to tell you that I noticed about the between men and women that does disturb me. As a therapist now, mm -hmm. when I would have men going through a breakup coming to see me, and I have women coming to, to see me, it seems the men find new girlfriends a lot sooner. I mean, relationship girlfriends. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm within not weeks. About like you're like, to, you know, to fuck his way through his feelings. I'm talking about they literally find a new girlfriend. I'm like, I can't believe it. I have like the beautiful women coming to see me and like they're struggling. I can't find somebody. I'm a million apps, blah, blah, blah. And they'll say the guy, and he's like, have like a new girlfriend in like two months. They're in a big relationship. He's already been through two girlfriends. That is something that has always been like, I, my last heartache happened a year ago on my birthday. It marked a year when it happened. I have not had another boyfriend since he has already been through two or three women and, and looks very happy. And I'm just like, wow, like you came through and fucked my shit all the way up. And now you're just like, he's on, I mean, when he's in Atlanta, I see him on him. He's on hinge. He's just, and I'm like, I'm having a hard time, bro. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. It's hard. I know. And I don't know. I'm trying to detach, Rhonda. <laughs> I'm not that great at it's it. It's hard. It's really hard I'm work. Just... So I want to know, speaking of it being work, it and since work. you are a therapist and you help people through things like this, what are some tips that you can tell me and our listeners? What are some tips on letting go? What can we practice? Well, there could be the times... People need to know. I think you're doing a good job because you're out there dating and meeting new men you're not i mean when i think about somebody who really can't let go they're not they're just constantly thinking about the person they're not out there they're not trying to date like nothing uh that's a really bad case but you're out there you're trying to meet somebody new you may just meet somebody new like i mean not new but you may meet somebody eventually and connect with this new person and he will become like a distant memory so you just haven't found this person to have that intense connection with but it could definitely it could happen tomorrow because you're really trying as opposed to somebody who's not trying. But um, if you're thinking, I mean, a lot of the work I do with is like, if you're thinking you want to make a contact, the whole thing is the work mm -hmm. is to like, don't just hear some simple things. You don't, don't be friends with them on social media. Don't look that try your hardest. It's very hard. Don't look them up on, you know, what you saw him on, like whatever, try not to look them up. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot of self-discipline. And um, don't, mm -hmm. okay, it's hard nowadays. It's like back in the day we we're talking about, you. that's it. Like you stop seeing somebody, you just try hard not to run into them in a nightclub. Oh, I hope they're not going to, you know, like mm -hmm. so-and-so tonight. And then, then you're going to see them or somebody mm -hmm. doesn't tell you. But nowadays it's, they're all over the place. You have to try to use self-control on social media. Okay. If you start having like any kind of longings to reach out to them, like, oh, like what happened with you and me when you were coming down and you saw me in the hallway and I told you don't text him. So that was really good for you. That was like, mm -hmm. you know, the universe working in your direction. Try to get somebody like I did for you to tell you don't reach out to him. So like you just locked out. But mm -hmm. in case you don't have somebody in the hallway that's doing that, then you have to contact a girlfriend, a relative, anything to tell you don't mm -hmm. make a con like It's all about not making a contact. So when you get the urge to call okay. him, call yes. your girlfriend, call your mom, yes. call somebody. Don't contact, don't reach distract out to yourself. Distract yourself. And also, like if you're, um, let's say you're watching a movie or something and it's remind the triggers mm -hmm. and reminds you of him, turn off the movie. You know, whatever's triggering you, turn it off. 
uh, if you're, mm-hmm. I don't know, you're walking down the street and you see, I don't know, there's just something, well, that's a stupid example, I don't know. But you know, whatever it is that reminds you of him, try not to just disconnect from the thing that's reminding you of him. And also, I think I was telling this to you also, so if he comes to if he comes to Atlanta a lot and he hits you up every time he comes to Atlanta and he's like dinner, you should just should you block his number? If you can't control or just keep the number open and just text him back. No. Well, if okay, let me go into that thing. Now if this guy, like you're trying to let go of him and he contacts you when he comes in here and wants to take you out to dinner, is that what you're saying? Then yes. you shouldn't if you're trying to mm-hmm. let go of him, you should definitely not go out to dinner with him. If that's if you're a goal what if you're hungry? Well, you should, no, what's more important, your your uh, your mental health or your you can feed yourself. You know how to grocery shop and cook. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in graduate school, when you really can't afford to go buy food. No, but you know, I mean, no. You if you're trying to let go of somebody, you shouldn't go out. You have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. Do I really want to get over this guy, or I don't? So if you really want to get over him, if he contacts you, you should definitely not go out with him. And you shouldn't even answer the phone if he's contacting you. I mean, why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. Why is he, con- if, if you guys are not together, like why, I, I'm, you don't have to go into the whole story, but what would be his motivation to contact you, to ask you at, just in general, if he knows you guys are not together? I think it's because our connection was so strong. And honestly, the sex is so amazing that... I, I personally think that's what okay, it is. So the, is there, the, the sexual chemistry is there that we share. going to be a hookup after the dinner? Whenever okay. I see him, see, there's that, a that bonds And I know that again. it's toxic. So then you have to make a decision whether or not you uh, if you want to let go of him, then you can't have sex with him anymore. I'm really sorry. I know that sounds like a cliche <laughs> thing to say, but it's so true. Because once you have sex with the person... Why do we do this to ourselves, Rhonda? Why do we do this to ourselves? And I, I've, I've heard a lot of women share these stories. You, why do we go back to it, knowing that it's going to end in a lukewarm bathtub, drinking wine and getting drunk and listening to Beyonce? Why do we do it? I mean, there, there's several reasons. I mean, sometimes we just maybe the experience, like the experience you have in the sexual experience, is so super fantastic. You want to have it again, but then you have to make a choice. It really comes down to a choice. It's not even, even if I psychoanalyzed you mm-hmm. and, you know, and we were going into a whole thing about your past and your childhood, it's still going to come back to the same thing. You're still going to have to make a choice. Do you want to get over this guy or not? Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it, what's the benefit? Like, is the agony of in the bathtub listening to Beyonce after the great sex, is that worth the great sex? <laughs> it just it's kind of come down to that at the very end. You know, yeah. sometimes it's... You mentioned something in a in a previous conversation with you and I about being a masochist. I know, I know. and I that it. sometimes I mean, people. I okay, we can talk about breakup sex or just about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that when if a person has sex with somebody and they're breaking up or they broke up, it can be masochistic. And masochistic is when you like to suffer. Now, it doesn't mean that the person really likes to suffer, but there could be some, like a sexual enjoyment in like the drama, like, oh, like I'll never see him again. This is it. And it could actually be erotically stimulating. I know it sounds like people who are not in psychoanalysis and they hear this, they may think like, what is she talking about? But um, there, some people, not some people, a lot of people, uh, find it erotically stimulating to feel that suffering. It's not pain, but suffering, and they and they connect mm-hmm. it with sexuality. It could be orgasmic for them. That can actually give them the orgasm. I mean, 
you know, like some people like to be spanked, you know, like that's okay. The most typical thing about masochism is somebody who would like to, and I know that people use that as, as play, you know, sexual play. Um, so, but I'll use a sexual play as to sort of, uh, to explain it. So when somebody gets spanked, even if it's just for fun, that pain mm -hmm. is the sexual charge when the person's doing that. So mm -hmm. what's really bad though, it's not that cause that's consciously done and that's like we're doing it because we're having foreplay. But when it's really, when you're mm -hmm. really suffering, when somebody is hurting you and you know that they're gonna reject you after the sex is over, they're gonna go home to somebody else, that's true suffering. That is pure, like you're feeling a masochistic feeling if you get pleasure from the pain of that rejection and you, you match it with, with sex and an orgasm, then it's masochistic. Little psychoanalyst, psychoanalysis, oh psychoanalysis 101. Well, remember uh, Fifty Shades I... of Grey? I mean, that's what that was all about. Yes. You know? And he was, he, that was sadomasochistic though. Sadism is when you, in, um, is when you cause the person to suffer. So the person who's doing that, like when in case you want to get analytic about that guy, let's like really, you know, tear him apart. Maybe he's a little sadistic. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm really going for it now, Medina. So you may have to edit this out. <laughs> what in case really he's- I'm blocking his number What tonight. in case, I'll get you so scared, you'll um, never talk to him again. What in case, okay, brace yourself, I, okay? What in case he gets off on it sadistically and he likes, oh, I'm gonna have sex with Medina and then she's gonna suffer afterwards. And then he like, he gets a charge out of that. I'm not saying I that's true. Done. I'm, really I'm saying done. this as a, a, like a generalization. Like if I were writing a book, mm -hmm. a new book, I would, I would just use that. And I don't really know Medina. I have no idea. Maybe he just loves having sex. He just enjoys yeah. it and he wants to see you again. He can't make a commitment. He has commitment phobia, whatever. I don't know. But mm -hmm. so I'm using, I'm tweaking it just to, uh, to give you an example of a guy who would get off on hurting a woman emotionally and that would give him a charge you get a sadistic thrill out of it so i'm just using it as an example mm -hmm. i feel you i feel you no i i appreciate the honesty and um yeah you're my therapist so right that now. would be but that would be um, a, by the way that would be I a sadomasochistic relationship like he's being sadistic and if you're taking it then you're being masochistic is, and then it's a sadomasochistic situation that's what that's probably but yeah, all of that, all of that. And it may not be Medina. I'm um, over here thinking I'm going to say no message. It is. I need to hear that it is. So I'm just it is. Another, another situation that I wanted to bring up that a lot of people deal with are um, <sighs> friends with benefits. Do you think that that is toxic or not? I am very, uh, that relationship I told you about when I almost, I started tearing up. That was a friends with benefits thing. And I think I, I think I very first met you, I told you about that, that that was, that's why that ended, by the way. Uh, the agreement was we were in a, it was very, we both lived far away from each other. We were both uh, not in a situation to really have a serious relationship. And our agreement was friends with benefit. It was an agreement and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I like fell in love with him when I was, I was spent a week with him as a friend. I was like ready to get married. I'm like, I'm never, you better marry me. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I don't like, know love. many friends with benefit honestly, wait, situations. Wait, wait, wait. Like, you know, I'm past the age I can have children. I wanted to have his baby. <laughs> like, can I like, oh, damn, I wish I froze some eggs now. I want you to, I want to have a baby with you. <laughs> that was the end. Of, and then forget you want to be his baby mama. I want, I want your baby. And I can't even have it. No, but it's like, that was, oh, my God. 
mad. He was, he got mad at me because I was like really mad at him. Like you're just like using because what are you talking about? That was the deal. Remember with friends. So he got mad at you because really you were going against the I agreement. Felt, I was saying I'll admit it. I was really mad at him because I wanted him to want to have a big relationship with me too. And um, but. And, and he didn't. He was like, you knew what it was. it was. You knew what it was. And I feel like that's how a lot oh. of friends with benefit situations oh, wait, wait, wait. go. Oh, it's not. It, it, I go back. You see the sadomasochist? See, I cut it off because I felt for me to continue with that would be masochistic on my part. I just wanted to go back to the other thing, connect it all together. I'm, like, I'm attorney to therapy. So you completely cut it I off. I had to cut it off. And then he got, I, I blocked him and he got mad at me. He goes, can't believe you blocked me. But you did what was I best think got, for you. I think he got mad at me that I blocked. It just like the whole thing deteriorated. Because then I thought it was best for me is to block him, to, to try to forget him. And then a month passed and I couldn't take it anymore. And then he was very, very angry at me. Like I just cut him off completely. And he was mad at me for cutting him off. The whole thing just fell apart. But do you see how that turns into And he thought I was being sadistic to him because I was completely abandoned. Mm -hmm. And then he felt masochistic and I was a sadist. See, so yeah, that's why I didn't want you to feel offended or like, Oh my God! What did she say? I don't never feel. No, you know girl. what I mean about don't the same about that. like that. Like all of us can get into these same Yeah, I know. It's not. And there could have been a um, component to him too. He may have been mad at some. You know. Do you? So do you feel that friends with benefits is okay, a toxic situation? Okay, so go back situation? to what I was saying. Is that I cannot? I'm very bad at friends with benefits. That that was the whole reason I told you that story. I cannot do friends with benefits. I would have to really just be having sex with a man and not be that attracted to him to do friends with benefits mm -hmm. and I can't at this point like literally all you exact, want is that dick right. it, that, that's what that's what it would have to be for me yeah. but that's hard for yeah. me like it's like if our sex is that great that means we are right. really connecting on yeah. another level and now I'm sprung and I like you and we're probably gonna be sprung off of each other I can't do the friends with benefits situation no, I'm, I I'm, want you I'm, you're mine and I'll never do that I, I, I mean I don't know if I'm gonna get a situation like that ever again because it was so passionate and we were friends but I can never I'll never do that again whatever time I have left in life of romance and all that i'm not doing that again ladies and gentlemen you know be careful with your friends with mm -hmm. benefits situations um if you need to write up and print out and sign your agreement so and put it on your refrigerator so you can be reminded of what you agreed to so that you don't fuck it up that's what you need to do we're going to take a quick break and move on to indecisive diane when we come back Rhonda, you're going to help us give some advice to our listeners okay. who wrote in okay. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? What do you want? Hey, ladies. It's the week of Thanksgiving. You should be thankful. And you know what I want you to do? I want you to pull your phone out, text Bay, whoever's on the top of your list, and tell him I'm thankful for you. Because rent's due next week, and you're going to pay it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, ladies. Bye. Okay, and we are back. And Rhonda, we have a couple advice letters that our okay. listeners sent in. I'm going to read them. And you are going to give us a little advice. Okay, so the first one, it is titled Torn! Exclamation mark. Okay, I totally love your show and how you guys ain't afraid to talk about sex and stuff. So, let me get to the point. I dated this guy for five months. We were super cool. Like, I knew I'd never have to start looking for another boyfriend. But 
he suddenly broke things off. Joke's on me. I felt really broken. And after a month of picking the pieces up and putting them together and trying to heal, he comes back and we continue flirting as if nothing happened. Deep down, I'd wish things would go back to normal, but I'm afraid of whether I'm afraid if that'll end things. No, but I'm afraid if that will end things again. He does the little things that make me feel wanted, but I still am not sure if going back to him will be the right thing to do. My friends have warned me against it, but the heart wants what it wants, right? Please advise. Well, you could give it one more try knowing that like what he's done before, that it may happen again. I don't think there's any, especially her age if she's young, um, the guy may mm-hmm. be just immature and maybe just needs to grow up a little bit. So. She's got to be strong, though, and know that he hurt her once and he may hurt her. There's a high likelihood he's going to hurt her again. But there's also the there's the possibility that maybe he won't do. He learned his lesson. So I'd say give him another chance, but be realistic and practical and know that there's mm-hmm. a chance he's, he's going to repeat the same behavior again. I am going to tell sis... I personally think he's going to repeat the same behavior, but if you're going to roll with the the heart wants what it wants, I do that shit all the time. The heart is also going to be Mm -hmm. crushed and crunched up in a blender. Have your fun. I also would need to bring up just the type of person I am. At some point I would need to bring up how we just jumped back into things like nothing ever happened. I need to talk about it just for a second. Even if it's a drunken night and we bring it up, like you really just strolled back in here. Like shit didn't happen. I would need to bring Medina, that up. you know what's good about, I, uh, it would what's crush good me about not you is that you really feel like you have an entitlement to speak your mind, which is very healthy, that you don't want to uh, be mm-hmm. played. You want, it's in the analytic world, it's called bringing the conscious, the unconscious to the conscious, which is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you you don't, you want to pull the plug on bullshit. So that's very healthy of you. And that may possibly scare some men away. Because a lot of these guys, yeah, all of them, it's scaring and, all of and them. And I know, away, I mean, that's been they're all life running, too. they're sprinting. You know, I'm, um, I'm a little bit more passive about the way I do it, but I basically do the same thing at the end of the day. I pull the plug on them, and that's, um, they don't like it. A lot of guys still, mm-hmm. they don't like it. They just want to do what they want to do. So that's, I think that's good advice that you gave her. <sighs> okay, all right. Next advice letter. Hey ladies, I recently started listening to the podcast earlier this year and I absolutely love it. Thank you both so much for sharing your stories, tips, and advice. It has truly benefited my relationship. I am 29 and have currently been on and off with my boyfriend for three years. He was my first and because of that, he was really patient with me in trying new things. I'm starting to become more comfortable in the bedroom, especially after listening to this show. And I wanted to get advice on how I can take charge and really be great in bed. At the moment, I feel like I may be coming off as lazy. I don't take charge and my boyfriend almost always initiates sex. What are some tips you ladies have to really wow my man in the bedroom instead of him always taking charge and me occasionally getting on top? That Thanks so much, ladies. I don't know. <laughs> this is not my specialty. Taking that bag, girl. <laughs> you go first. Did you used to be a take charge type of woman in the bedroom or not? Not really. I mean, I'm an active participant, no. but I'm more like the real super conventional romantic type. 
Okay, you're you're in the, into the yeah, passion, caressing, exactly. and doing That's all that. That's why I can't letting do the, the romantic charge. I'm too, I'm too like romantic. So you want him to like? Would you love me? Like we're in love. I would tell you, um, young lady, that sometimes you have to be your own hype woman. So sometimes when I am with a man that I want to take charge because I'm not normally a take charge type of woman either. But every now and again, you need to get some bills paid. <laughs> but I I make the environment what I need to excel. So maybe I need a playlist, a certain playlist with certain songs oh, that get that. me in a yeah. mood to where nobody can really tell yeah. me anything. I'm feeling okay. myself. Maybe I need to let my hair down. If it's normally up, let it down. Maybe I need to have a little makeup oh. on, some sexy lingerie. Oh, you okay. put put everything, yeah, mm-hmm. you you can make your own scene. Make the scene. And if you need to practice, oh, I can't tell you how many it. times. I I know, I do what you're I've doing. I've called my best yeah. friends. Yeah, I've, there have been so many times when I call my best friend, I FaceTime him real quick. How do you think this looks? I'm going to dance for him really quick like this. How do you think this looks? Hype yourself up. If you need to take a shot, take a shot. But you're right. You are being lazy and um, stop being lazy. The next time you're about to fuck your man, get it together, girl, before somebody else fucks him. Yeah, I like your advice. <laughs> you know I didn't know what the, oh, That would be my advice. That's good advice. I've done stuff like that. You know, like yeah. I would want to pick the music or... Um, yeah, yeah, create your scene, okay. set, I, get it set like how you need it to be. Yeah. When you, when I'm in the shower and I want to feel sexier, I'm taking a bath. Like, put some perfume on. Do what you need to do to feel your sexiest. And here's what women overthink: men don't even care about all that. First of all, he's gonna think you're sexy regardless if you just push him up against the wall and start kissing him aggressively. You've already started it. You've already started it. You got it, and you could do it. I'm looking at you. You got it. So, I learned something tonight. That is my advice. Like what, that's what she meant. So I've learned something tonight. Yeah, she just wanted to take a little charge. Get it, girl. You I got it. She meant like sexual um, okay, if you guys ever want to send in any advice so Kiki and I can read it, send it to askcocktails at gmail.com and we will maybe pick it and maybe read it on the show. And now, Rhonda, oh, it is time for our favorite portion of the show. The cocktail hour. of the show where you share a personal story that relates to sex, dating, or relationship. It can be funny, embarrassing, romantic, passionate, weird. We don't get it, but it's something that's true to you and your dating sexual life. And you share that story on this part of cocktails. Do you want to go first or do you need an example? Because you inspired me from the last one. I'm going to hear what you have to say first. So I was going to read a cocktail but I will just share my own cocktail. Um, there is a man. We're referring to him as Johnny Appleseed. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> my camera's kind of blurry. I've been referring to him as Johnny Appleseed, and uh, I like him. I've been spending a little bit of time with him. Um, 
and we hang out. I go to his house a lot. He doesn't live far from me. And we have a, I really enjoy his time. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He's not married. He seems like an honest man. So um, I enjoy his time. I have not had sex with him yet. I'm currently challenging myself to not dive so quickly into sex like I normally do. I'm just trying something different. And um, so I've spent the night with him a couple of times. And he's tried it. I've told him I'm not going to have sex with him. And uh, so the last time I spent the night with him, it was the fourth time I spent the night with him. And we went to go eat. And then we both went our separate ways because we had just left the gym. We took a, I took a shower at my place. He took a shower at his place. And then I put on some night clothes. I put on a Fashion Nova set. And then I went over to his place and we watched a scary movie. He was like, let's have a scary movie. And I'm like, cool. So we cuddled up on the couch. We cuddle so well together, Rhonda. And we kiss and we do all that stuff. And we are um, watching the movie. And the movie's kind of boring. So he's like, do you want to go you know, to bed? It was late and I had to wake up early. So I was like, yeah, sure. So we go lay down in the bed and I lay down, take my sweater off, but I still have a, a crop top on and some shorts, my Fashion Nova set. And I lay down in the bed and I turn around and he has dropped, he, wow. he's butt booty hole naked. Like he's butt booty hole naked. And he's like, I sleep naked. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I was like, that's fine. I, I like him. I'm attracted to him. He has a really nice body. I'm cool with it. I don't know. already told you we're not having sex. So he gets in the bed and we, he cuddles up next to me. And so we're just like kind of cuddling and he starts, he's trying it. He's like kissing me on my neck. I'm kissing him. We're flirting. We're like fondling with each other. I whisper in his ear, hey, look, I'm still not having sex with you. Like I realize the position that we're in right now, but I'm not having sex with you. And he's like, he keeps trying. Um, it was, we had like foreplay and I've never had a man do this to me before. He took his forearm. <laughs> he takes his forearm, Rhonda, and he like, starts rubbing it on the vagina and it felt so good. I've never had any man. I was like, he is really trying. My leg is like up on his shoulder. I'm still in my mind. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm really, what is the word I'm looking for? Not focused. I'm, um, I, fuck, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but I'm not having sex with him. I'm sticking to my guns. But the forearm in my pussy feels really good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home because this is getting too hot and heavy. He's like, no, no. Okay, for real, I'll stop. I'm not, don't, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave. I'm like, cool. So we fall asleep. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm really hot because the Fashion Nova set was like this little fuzzy teddy bear material. So I was like, dang, I really need to take my shorts off, but I don't want him to, you know, try again. So I, I, he wakes up and I'm like, I'm going to take my shorts off, but it's only because I'm hot. I still had panties on. And I was like, are you going to be able to handle that? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. So he tries to have sex again and I don't let it happen. Cause like I said, I'm controlling myself. I have self-control. That's the word I was looking for. And I don't have sex with him. We kiss. I'm like, I'm really not having sex with you. He's like, okay, fine. I'm going to stop. So we just cuddle. I wake up in the morning and we leave. I haven't heard from him since. Oh, are you upset and that you haven't heard from him? I'm upset. I am upset. But in the same sense, I am happy that I didn't have sex with him because I would be more upset. I would be sad mm -hmm. if I had sex with him and he got that piece of me and then didn't talk to me yeah. anymore. And and I've been some of my friends told me that I was that I was kind of in the wrong and I should have just left when he got naked instead of blurring these yeah. lines and letting him think he was going to have sex. But in my mind, I'm like, we're two exactly. adults. I said what I said. Yeah. Okay. So, well, 
That's my cocktail. Does it have to be like something? I still like him. I think he will hit me up eventually because he didn't get it. it Does it have to be kinky? Can it just be a something about sex in general? Yeah, it can be something about sex, dating, a relationship, okay. anything. It's I really want to say this. Is, I found maybe as a woman, this is interesting. Um, I, with all my being, you know, so we're talking about being too casual, whatever about sex, you know, whatever. When, like when I was younger, I really, <clears throat> I lost my virginity. I wasn't. I was pretty much like I was like oh, nineteen, so I wasn't like a kid. And the mm-hmm. first this thing, I actually wrote a piece. I was reading at this at open mic, so it's not like I never talked about it before. But uh, what I want to say is. I found it the first time it was very pain. It was like painful, like weird, you know, having this, mm-hmm. this organ outside of your body, like now it's in your body. So I didn't, I wasn't like in the romance novels, like, oh, like, you know, an ecstasy, whatever. And then I think maybe it was the second or maybe the third time that I started to really like it. And I think that that moment that when you're a woman and talking about penetration, that especially if it's the same, like, it's not just some guy, like, you just gave your, you know, but it's really like a relationship or a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And the first time that it, you're penetrated and you really feel the connection to the man and you really start liking it after the pain part is gone, like maybe it's, I think that was very sexual, uh, sexually significant something, you know, like an experience mm-hmm. for me that always like stand out in my mind. I think like it's. Oh, your first yeah, time. But not the first time, first time, because it hurt the first time. It was not enjoyable. Like, that's like, I remember after the first time when I ever had sexual intercourse, I thought, was this the big thing that everybody's talking about? Like, what's so great about it? It's what I heard. It was maybe the third time yeah. I started liking it. It's, the pain thing was over. Wow. Third time's a charm. Yeah. You know what the they third say, time I started, then you get, That's when you get hooked. Because I remember feeling like, oh, what's not having sex? You're going to get, oh, get out of here. And that's like when you start, it's that, because that's when now you don't feel the um, pain anymore. Now you're just feeling the good feeling. And that's when I think you can get addicted to the person. Cause then I'm like, Oh no, like I'm really addicted to this guy because not so much the sex is so, but it's because now I'm bonded to him. Like the, um, or the oxytocin is running and you know, you know, got, you know, the whole thing starts with the sexuality and the guy. And um, so I think that, that to me is my, I think that's I mean, I don't really, I, have, I can't okay. think of a really crazy sex story. You know, that's okay. We all have different types of cocktails. If you guys have any cocktails that you want us to read on the show, make sure you send them to cocktails.atl at gmail.com. And we would love to read it on the show. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Let our listeners know where they can find you. If you have anything coming up, now would be the time to let them know. Well, uh, my uh, my website is my name, rhondafindling.com, R-H-O-N-D-A-F-I-N-D-L-I-N-G.com. And I was telling Medina that I made a decision yesterday that I am going to have a Don't Text That Man Zoom workshop. Uh, then work, you know, like a group. It'll be a 90-minute group where women can discuss with their, like some of what we talked about tonight. Everybody can share, and I'll give my feedback as well. Um, it's going to be pretty inexpensive. So just, but I'm, if uh, anybody's interested in it, they should uh, just, you can email me at Rhonda DCTF. For don't call that man, Rhonda, don't call that man. R-H-O-N-D-A DCTM at AOL, sorry, dot com. And I will, or they can just go on my website, although it's not posted yet on my website, you know, and they can come, it'll be probably in a, a little before Christmas when everybody will be climbing the okay. walls wanting to text that man. And did you want to share your Instagram or your social media? Oh my God. I don't even know. <laughs> just like go on Instagram, put my name in. Okay. <laughs> it's go okay. You don't Instagram. have to. You don't no, have to. It's fine. Followers. No, definitely follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, but I don't know what it is. 
I can't even send. I'm, yeah, we'll just find put it. my name in. And we'll put it and in you the can find it. Or go, no, I'm no, go on my website. And then you can go to Instagram and Twitter from my website. Or just put in a search engine. It's hard. I don't think it's any other. Um, actually, there is a Rhonda Findling out in LA, but it's not me. It's somebody else. We're not related. So you guys check Rhonda out when you have a free moment. I do have a couple of her books. They oh, you can are, buy my books on there too. Uh, pretty entertaining. Oh, and, and you can uh, hear my raps on there too. If you really want to text them, you hear me rap. Don't, don't text him. Check her out. Um, and you guys, as usual, follow the Cocktails Podcast on Instagram. Follow Kiki at Kiki Said So. I'm at Coffee Bean Dean. And until next time, you guys, goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. 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 Wait on the track.